Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Everybody, it's time for another episode of the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm Rebecca Millsoff, senior editor at Billboard and your host and Broadway expert each week. Uh, so this week, um, I was thinking the other day about sort of the idea of gateway musicals. Um, the way that you might get into a certain genre of music is usually through one artist or one band who really makes a strong impression on you. Say, if the Rolling Stones introduce you to rock or Janet Jackson to R&B. Um, and that artist inspires you to make sort of a deep dive into that genre of maybe find other similar acts, memorize all of their songs, become kind of an expert on them. Um, and for any musical theater fan, I think there's a similar thing that happens. There's one musical that opens your mind to the fact that musicals could be cool, something that you can make an emotional connection to and might want to hear more of. For me, uh, back in 1991, that show was The Secret Garden. It was the first Broadway show I ever saw. And the star, Daisy Egan, was this girl who was about my age, and she completely convinced me that I, too, could sing or at least make music uh, a focus in my life. And for a whole generation of people now, uh, Stephen Schwartz's Wicked is now that kind of musical. Based on a novel that's kind of a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, it's got this epic pop-inflected score, a story that makes you both laugh and cry, and a few huge songs that instantly sear themselves into your brain, just like any Hot 100 hit might. The original production made stars of Kristen Chenoweth and Idina Menzel, who played Glinda and Elphaba, respectively. And since then, the show has kind of become a proving ground for up-and-coming actors on Broadway. If you look at a lot of Broadway stars now, t chances are they at some point made their way through Wicked. Uh, Wicked has been open now for crazy almost 15 years, um, and it's run for nearly 6,000 performances, which is pretty astounding, um, and definitely puts it in the longest-running Broadway musicals class. And recently, I had the chance to chat with the current cast, Glinda and Elphaba, Cara Lindsay and Jennifer DeNoya, about what it's like to step into a show that has already become a modern classic. Popular, I'll help you be popular. You'll hang with the right cohorts. You'll be good at sports. Know the slang you've got to know. So let's start, because you've got an awfully long way to go. So I'm here with the two fierce leading ladies of Wicked. Hello. <laughs> That's Hi. so nice of you. 
I'm uh, Jennifer Denoy. I play Alphaba. I'm Kara Lindsay, and I play Glinda. Thank you for coming in today. Of course. Uh, whenever I listen to the songs from Wicked, I'm always like, how do you do that eight shows a week without just completely losing your voices? <laughs> like, it seems like superhuman. Uh, I it mean, does feel like that sometimes. I think we all go through weeks where there's better weeks and then there's some weeks that are, you know, harder. Um, and it really depends on so many different yeah. things like the weather. I mean, the weather, you would think that that wouldn't affect us, but it does completely. Oh, absolutely. Dryness so, and, when, yeah. you know, allergies or whatever. But we just have to take care of ourselves and yeah. get a lot of sleep and drink a lot of water and Tea. do all that boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you can belt it out every exactly. night. Exactly. Like, well, she does. <laughs> like the beast that you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, so I, I didn't even realize how long Wicked has been running on Broadway. It's one of the longest running Broadway shows ever. It's mm-hmm. been almost 14 years now. Yeah. It's crazy um did either of you see the original cast since it was such a long time ago i I did not i didn't either i saw adina um but i never got to see kristen chenoweth i saw megan hilty um she or was it megan hilty and shoshana I think it was Adina. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Megan Hilty was a standby for um, when she first graduated college, and she and I went to college together. She was a senior when I was a freshman. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, I got to see her go on like for one of her first times, which oh, was cool. so cool. On Broadway. Yeah, on Broadway. Oh, that's so yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. How about so, you? So the first you? time yeah. I saw the show was actually in Chicago when I first joined the company, and I saw okay. Christy Cates as Alphaba. <gasps> cool. Yeah. <sighs> And Stacey Morgan Lewis as Glinda. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, it's so it's so interesting to me how playing Alphaba and Glinda has almost become like a career milestone for an actor. You know, like there are so many great people who have played the roles before and now you're you're almost like in this pantheon of great theater actresses, <laughs> which must be such a cool thing for the two of you. Is it what is it about these roles that you think makes them such like career moments for actors like what is so challenging about them what is it about them vocally that makes them like a real kind of step on the career ladder well it's an iconic show and um i mean it's been running like you said for almost 14 years so people know about it and these there's these are two powerful women um that are leading this show and Mm. there are few few musicals like that I think where there's two very powerful women leading a show Um, and it's about their story and it's about them yeah so um I think that is a huge draw and the fact that we have to carry the story is is a challenge and it's I think one that we wanted so badly wanted to be able to take on that challenge um there are so many layers to both of these girls that you know, from the journey that they start at the top of the show till the end of the show. And I think that as an actor, you really want to dive in to that and learn more about them and mm-hmm. figure them out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, just listening vocally to what your kind of banner songs are like for each of you, they're really like vocal workouts. I mean, <laughs> like popular is almost like a sort of coloratura soprano kind of oh, aria in a way. I don't think so. <laughs> I think she's just you know a little obnoxious but (laughs) (laughs) no I think that Alphabet definitely has to carry the belting weight of the show and that's that's I don't know how you do it (laughs) I don't sometimes I don't either (laughs) (laughs) we pray to the Lord above or to Buddha whomever Um, hope for the best (laughs) it is but you learn you learn how to pace yourself in the show Mm -hmm. because on stage it's it's very different like the way that the the songs are kind of structured and when they come in the show 
you know, I kind of play tricks with my mind. I say, okay, I just finished The Wizard and I, I, you know, I've got all this time until my next big, you know, big belting song. Mm -hmm. So I kind of play mind tricks to trick myself into thinking that I'm totally good to go. (laughs) Yeah. We just have to learn to relax ourselves because it can be scary. I mean, I know I still deal with stage fright all the time. Mm -hmm. So, completely. uh, Yeah. And with, I mean, these are these are iconic roles at this point and so many people know that they kind of made the careers of Idina and Kristen. When you're taking on roles that have been sort of solidified in Broadway history like that, does it make it harder for you to feel like, you know, I can rise to the challenge too? Or is it freeing at this point so many years on to feel like, okay, it's been a long time since they did them. We can really make them our own. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, there I is that pressure because it's Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. I mean, look at where they are right now. So trying to fill those shoes is virtually impossible. Yeah. And all we can do is be ourselves. Um, so I think there is comfort in that, too. And there are there have been so many Alpha Buzz and Glindas since then. Um, and each person has put their own stamp on it. And because we're widely different humans and mm-hmm. we have different experiences and different baggage in our life, you know, that we bring to the roles. <laughs> so it's just going to be different no matter what. So I think it's a bit of both to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say that the, I mean, when these roles open up, is there like a bat signal that goes across like the Broadway <laughs> universe? Like there's no fitting Franklin to enough of a now. Like how did the roles come to you in the first place? How did you end up getting them? She has a great story. I'm going to let her go first. It's so good. Um, well, I started in the show in Chicago as a dancer swing. And I um, eventually about a year later picked up an understudy and then moved into the standby position there. And then I moved into the standby on Broadway and I mean, I guess the way that I got the understudy was very much like they there was an injury in our company, um, a alphabet understudy, and they needed an internal cover. And at the time, I mean, this was all the way back in 2006. So it was before there were like, you know, hundreds of people that have played these roles, understudied these roles. And um, I auditioned for it and they said, sure, she can be an emergency cover. And so I held on to that and... I went on, and so they continued to keep me on like that. And uh, I traveled to the Broadway company as a standby, and I did Sydney, Australia, and Seoul, Korea, and London, and both the tours. And now this is my first time playing the role full-time on Broadway. So it does, I mean, for me, it took time, but I got Mm -hmm. a lot of really cool experiences along the way. Um, And... uh, yeah, but as for your question, I feel like when the roles do open up in certain companies, I feel like they they kind of already have an idea of of who's coming in. They I feel like they they know kind of cuz yeah. it's it's all about I think the pairings. Mm-hmm. You know, they like to pair the witches up with who they think matches the best, mm-hmm. I guess, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many people at this point who've played the role, so yeah. it's you know people come back and forth as well. Mm-hmm. Like Kara's been on Broadway before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I forget what the question was now. 
<laughs> is there like a big radar that goes oh, out yeah. when the rules are? We also have we have agents we have agents that send us out for certain things, so they get the breakdowns and they they are the first pretty much to know you know if there's an opening up an opening of a role and um, so they submit us for these auditions and things so that's how I knew I mean because I wasn't even in the world of Wicked at all so um, I, I found out through a breakdown that my agent sent so yeah so, so pretty standard yeah so did you two know that you had this chemistry immediately like what was it like when you got together for the first time um well, well <laughs> you, she was doing the national tour um uh, when I was joining in 2014, in 2014 yeah, yeah. Uh, Laurel Harris and I were joining the national tour and um, Jenny Denoya and Haley Pachoon were leaving the national tour so we were replacing them mm-hmm. so we sh- essentially shadowed them to learn the show yeah. um, so that was the first time I remember watching Jenny and being like oh my oh, goodness. god I can't I, she is a freak of nature how does she do it <laughs> she made me cry like I was obsessed with her so I mean I, yeah, but we we finally got to work together about two years ago on Broadway, and I filled in for Caroline Bowman, um, and just for I mean I think it was just three for weeks. like three weeks? three weeks maybe. Yeah. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, and that was the first time we got to play opposite yeah. of each other, and it was really magical. That was really fun. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I, I was pregnant at the time, yeah, which I shared very with her. newly pregnant, yeah. so then oh I was God. afraid to, like, touch her. I didn't want to ruin anything. <laughs> How does being pregnant affect your belting ability? It really does affect your vocal ability, I think, in general, being pregnant. Feel- I mean, I, I don't know. It, it did change my voice a bit, but... Um, Having a child has changed my voice as well. I mean, your body just like, I don't know. It does lots of different things. And hmm. it. I'm still kind of relearning how to do everything. I was going to say, is it like, <laughs> oh, that note. I didn't know I could hit that before. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like new maybe, low ones. Maybe the new low ones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's more of the lack of sleep from the lack of sleep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. I'm like a secret alto. I had no idea. <laughs> And her uh, sweet baby, Jules. Oh, my gosh. She so is nice. so adorable. We live for her. She comes in between shows sometimes. And she's her just, mascot right she's now. She's our mascot. Kind of. <laughs> she's, she's the perfect baby. Perfect. We get so excited when she comes, really. And none of us are biased about it whatsoever. <laughs> well, I mean, but she really is like the most perfect child. It's, yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm so glad that you get along so terribly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so easy to get along with her. She's oh. funny and sweet and just a genuinely 
wonderful person. I so feel I mean, the same about you. Oh, it's very easy to be on stage with somebody <laughs> so present. It really is. Well, warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, when we talk about the music, we have to talk about Stephen Schwartz, the amazing mm-hmm. composer of Wicked, who I think has written some of the great sort of more pop-leaning musical scores ever, um, including Pippin and Godspell. Uh, what is it about his music, you think, that has this like resonance across genres that, you know, he's written songs that have been radio hits before? And I realized before that popular has also sort of been made into a radio yeah. hit too by Ariana Grande. So Ariana Grande, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what is it about his music that you think has this like... Well, I think it has a contemporary sound. Um, mm-hmm. He also went to Carnegie Mellon University, which is really? where I went. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, I, I think he just, and he's also a smart writer. I mm-hmm. mean, he, he, I don't know, he has this way of um, making a tune that's going to stick in your mind, you know, and that you're going to keep humming all day. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's a storyteller. He just yeah. knows how to like paint the picture with the music and how to make the finish so rewarding. Yeah, and I think it, it kind it hooks your heart too. And I mean that last song for good. I mean the way I, I can't. I don't. I'm so bad with musical terms, but like it's like all tinkly. <laughs> it makes your heart all fuzzy, and yeah. that's exactly what the song is supposed to do. And he mm-hmm. does that through sound and. Um, it's in his specific chords that he chooses and it's just beautiful yeah. I I think he just gets the contemporary sound and he gets what is pleasing to the ear um, and, and that's what he applies to mm-hmm. his musicals it's amazing yeah completely and especially um, Jenny some of your numbers are like I feel like they're like diva pop numbers oh, yeah, pretty they're much huge. they're massive massive songs um, but they build they're they're so well built by mm-hmm. him that you know they build in such a like I said like a, such a storytelling way they and which makes it almost easier to sing even though they are very very difficult songs um you know it's it's a story and it makes sense to you as a singer mm-hmm. and as an actor uh-huh wow. And these, I mean these I would say defying gravity for good and popular are pretty much like standards at this point I know. I know i could sing both parts of forget in the shower by myself i always wonder with songs like that is it hard to keep them feeling fresh every night is there ever a time when you're like oh i can't sing defying gravity one more time <laughs> i don't think i, think I don't think yeah, so yeah. really i mean even on a day when you're tired you can pull from that you can use your exhaustion i guess towards <laughs> you know Towards any of the songs. Um, I mean, obviously, like, when you have a job, like, and you do it every day, it it does get a little repetitive. But I think we're really good at the theater and on stage with keeping each other present. And, you know, if one of us is lacking that that day, I don't know. I think we're always trying. I don't think it's ever something that we're over by any yeah, means absolutely you know not. we're like oh i can't even imagine singing on a broadway <laughs> no. stage right now <laughs> you know like yeah. we want to be Poor there working so, actor <laughs> yeah we really want to be there so i think even when we are tired it's like how do i make like i want to make this work like how do i yeah. be present and and it's true like jenny's saying like we we really are a team together mm-hmm. so we we are conversing backstage and saying oh you know i'm feeling low and like we're we try to 
give each other eyes and give each other heart and be there for one another no matter what we're going through personally you know yeah. and try not to r bring it too much on stage and really do our job and tell the story in an honest heartfelt way um mm -hmm. every time but yeah but we are human so there are moments where we we really have to make an extra attempt but and we do have standbys there's a glinda and an alphabet standby in each in most most of the companies yeah. but um yeah, so if there is a day when you really actually can't physically, vocally, mentally, um, if you're super sick, like if you can't do the job, then you can call out and somebody. Take a breather. Take some, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was curious if for each of you, if there's a song in the show that's not as well known as those songs that you think deserves to be. People should like call up on Spotify. If they're Thank goodness. Them. What? Yep. It's, it's probably pretty. one of my favorite songs in the show because it's so beautiful. It, that's a good storytelling song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, and Kara does it so well. But oh, it's, you're really I always sweet. watch you from the side of the stage when, once I get my hat on. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you a little way. No. <laughs> no, it's I was going to say Dr. Dillman's songs. <laughs> Under the surface, <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like all the songs at this point are so well known. Yeah. Just because mm -hmm. most there people know yeah. Wicked. I don't yeah, know. That's true. I don't think there is one that people don't know, maybe. Yeah. No. That, that's pro probably true. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Um, and I was, I was thinking too, listening to Popular about popularity being more important than other things that mm -hmm. this is this is a weirdly timely show in so many ways that you, to have like two female heroines and to be about sisterhood mm -hmm. you know really above relationships with men and um all the things that glinda starts out representing and then of course evolves yeah uh is is that something that you feel in audiences now because i feel like there are certain lines and shows that sometimes depending on when they're up, you can feel audiences reacting to in different ways. I think that with the recent election, I think that people have, I mean, right after the election, I think um, there were different responses than that we hadn't gotten before. I think more for, mm -hmm. well, I think they hated me more. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did no. too. Um, <laughs> but um, but they, I think it just made different parts of the story resonate. And um, and that's the beauty of what we do. I mean, that's, that's the importance of this show um, is to get people to see things in a different light. Um, yeah. So. And you can always get a different story by coming even coming to a show like Wicked that's been running for 13 mm -hmm. plus years yeah. because the times have changed. So, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. the meanings behind everything have kind of, yeah, they, they have new meanings to, to people in the audience. That's and so true. Constantly. I mean, even like um, the line at the end of the show and when, when Glinda says, let it go. You oh, know, yeah. once Frozen happened, right. <laughs> they thought it was a reference to Frozen. <laughs> so they would laugh about that, I think. Yeah. But it's just funny because, I mean, that was written 13 years ago. But yeah. it's the different parts of the show are going to resonate in a different way um, as time goes on just because of the different things that are happening in life. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, especially with the election, that, that made certain parts of the show poke out a little more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a really, I mean, it's a really groundbreaking show in a lot of ways, if mm -hmm. you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so smart. Like, I feel like, like Kara was saying, after the election, that first show back mm -hmm. was... November 9th. It was... Saying those words and going through the dialogue. We were you know, realizing it, too. We were realizing it. And 
it was just so I, I have no words. Like right, we both said to each other af- afterwards, like it was mind blowing. Yeah, and the yeah, and it was a, a group of high school students too, right? It was. A, oh yeah, and they completely understood it. It was really. I mean, it made my heart <laughs> beat faster. It was incredible. It just, it just goes to show that this is a story that continues to need to be told mm-hmm. because it's it, it's an important story. It's acceptance. You know, not judging a book by its cover and, you know, standing up for what you believe in. Friendship. Yeah. So many things. Mm -hmm. All good things. All good things. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I remember I I actually hadn't seen Wicked until like a few years ago. And I'm a big Broadway person. I was like, how did I never see Wicked? (laughs) And I remember like at intermission, I was in line for the bathroom and I was like, there was like a tear in my eye. And this girl who was definitely like 13 years old was like, it's okay, like, it makes me cry too, and this is my fourth time. <laughs> and I was like, this is such a great Wicked experience to have, like, a teenager educating me and being like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I've seen this multiple times before. But Aww. it's so awesome that people keep coming back yeah. in a yeah. way. And it is really epic in so many ways. Uh, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming by and thanks using your uh, precious vocal energy to chat. Aww, <laughs> thank you for having us, really. It's an honor to it's, be here. It yeah. was so fun. Big deal. I knew you because I knew you I have been changed for good Wicked is playing now at the Gershwin Theater on Broadway and in case you would like to take a look at the Billboard on Broadway archive I would highly recommend listening to last week's episode with Alex Lacamoire uh, the arranger, music director, and supervisor. Uh, Wicked was actually one of his first Broadway jobs, and he chats a little bit about uh, working with Stephen Schwartz directly uh, in our interview. If you like the Billboard on Broadway podcast, as usual, please give us nice ratings and stars on iTunes. Uh, if you would like to find me on Twitter, I'm at Rebecca Millsoff, and you can always use the Billboard on Broadway hashtag. And I hope you'll come back for another episode next week. Blah, 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 blah.